Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. Howdy, howdy, it's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. How you doing? A beautiful day. It's a gorgeous day. It's a Wednesday. All of those are good things. We'll take them. Welcome to Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes back with you today. Rhino over in the booth, as always, helping us figure out exactly what in the heck we've gotten ourselves into, because neither one of us knows. How you doing, buddy? Howdy, howdy. Uh, had a had a question on the ceasefire text line before we even came on the air, and that's one of the big stories. So we'll just go ahead and launch right into that quickly. Uh, overnight, there was a drone attack on the Kremlin. I've got a video of it here. I'm going to retweet it. Somebody put a, a video up uh, of one of the drones flying in at the Kremlin, and it blows up right over the dome. You know, there's a dome inside the Kremlin and with the flagpole on top. It didn't even mess up the flag, it looks like. It just kind of blew up in the middle of the air. Uh, two things. Well, this is now turning into a big deal because Russia says it was an attack by Ukraine trying to kill Putin because I guess they think Ukraine believes that Putin is floating above the Kremlin. I don't know, going by this video. Uh, meanwhile, Ukraine is saying, wait, what? No, we didn't do that. That wasn't us. So now the talk has come about with false flags and the conspiracy theories have stirred up. I've got a third option that nobody's looking at right now. What's that? Well, the, the two arguments are Russia says Ukraine did this. Ukraine is saying, no, Russia did this to make it look like we did this to have something to be upset about. The third option is there's a pretty big contingent of people inside the Kremlin that don't like Putin and they're ready for him to go. This could have been a failed coup attempt in a, in a weird sort of way. Or it could have been possibly some sort of inside job false flag where somebody in the Kremlin used this as an opportunity to manipulate things in the direction they wanted it to go against Putin. It, I'm just trying to figure out why they have a problem with being attacked when they're at war with another country. Bingo! That That's the thing. You immediately run forward outraged. I'm, I can't believe this. Just because we keep blowing up their schools full of children, they're going to launch two drones at us? How dare they? <sighs> I mean, where were all the strange and bizarre places that the Allied leaders had to meet during World War II because there were fears of assassination attempts on their lives? Yeah, but but in this case, uh, apparently... Because they dang sure couldn't meet in one of the capitals of one of the main Allied countries. Unless 
unless, again, Putin is hanging out on the roof of the Kremlin, this wasn't really a danger to him. If that's where he's got a lawn chair set up to look at the nighttime sky and freeze half to death, I, I, I don't see how this would have been a threat to him to begin with. Well, they're claiming that they disabled the drones with their electronic warfare equipment. Wow, disabling so the is... the explosion wasn't as big as it could have been? Yeah, the, the disabling is very boomy. <laughs> but it was boomy in the middle of the air. So, I, I... This is quickly turning into a PR war of outrage. Oh my goodness, how dare you attack me just because I attacked you. But this is a symptom of a bigger problem worldwide. Everyone is currently way down the wrong path, and this is about to bite everybody in the behind, because everyone, the Kremlin, Ukraine, Washington, here in America, everybody is operating under the assumption that the world's population is stupid. Now, I'm not going to completely argue with that, but not in the way they think. I'm sorry, and Chris from Oxford on the text line was exactly right this morning before we came on the air. So let me get this straight. You're at war with the country, and you're upset they tried to kill your leader? Well, well don't go to war then? I mean, that's been a tactic for, oh, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 years, maybe even older. When did Sun Tzu write Art of War? That's 3,000 years ago. There were four guys in a field throwing rocks at each other, divided into groups of two, and one of them, well, one of them was the target of both of the other ones because he was the biggest and baddest and the one that was in the, in the lead. That goes all the way back. It's just the way it works. So you don't get to then run forward and be outraged and go, oh, look what they did. What, attacked you? Yeah, it's been going on for a year now. Where's the news in this? But everybody is supposed to be outraged and upset. That's also, I think, partially at least, an overestimation of their own popularity. Uh, and by their, I, in this case, I mean Putin and, and his loyalists. Well, Russia's not the best when it comes to uh, subtlety or... <laughs> even fully understanding the consequences of their actions on the global stage like they've denied 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 their involvement in crimea saying oh that was just private contractors that wasn't official russian military except they started giving long-term service medals to members of their military for fighting in crimea since 2014 yeah yeah, you just got to, uh... Thomas and Greenwood, guess this Kremlin attack will conveniently divert attention away from the Fed rate hike. It's going up 25 basis points. It's going up a quarter of a point. I can tell you what's going to happen. I will be shocked if it doesn't. And that's about the extent of my financial knowledge. We will not be holding a financial conversation today because, well, I got six bucks. Let's just call it what it is. And I ain't investing none of it. I want a burger. That's what I'm investing it in. Lunch. So, yeah. But uh, in all seriousness, I expect them to raise it up. But that's the problem. What do you do to divert attention from a story these days? We've got so many things happening at the same time every day. Attention's being diverted from everything. Now, that's, we, yeah, the concept of this 
giant media subterfuge where they decide this and decide that to pull attention from this or distract from that. It doesn't work in a world with social media. No. And it doesn't work in a world that has gotten this crazy. I remember back in 2020 when all the nonsense started, you and I were sitting here every day, basically the only two people in the building, and we couldn't keep up. We literally couldn't keep up while we were trying to explain one breaking story. Six more came out at the same time. It hasn't really slowed down since then. It's no longer about the pandemic, but it is a continuous, nonstop barrage of stories that are breaking. Uh, and stories that you would consider, you know, pretty, pretty big, pretty meaty stories that need to be talked about. So that that almost has kind of lost uh, quite a bit of luster, that argument of, oh, well, they're trying to distract. I mean, it made sense when you had three channels. Yes. And you only got the news at 7 o'clock at night. And It was a little easier to influence what people heard and how much they heard. But in today's day and age where you have literally all the unclassified information and some of the classified information at the at your fingertips in your pocket wherever you go it's really difficult to to swallow the pill that no 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 these dark shadowy figures with funny names are pulling strings behind the scenes yeah it, we're we're to the point i mean you know facebook twitter tiktok youtube now, that's not to say there aren't people trying to influence media and trying to influence narrative, but it's not nearly as effective. Yeah, it's like going down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, standing on the beach with a garden hose and a small pail, and trying to change the water level in the Gulf. Yeah, good luck. At least you'll stay busy. You're just not going to accomplish anything. You can't wet an ocean. And everyone's drowning in breaking news 24-7, so that doesn't really carry a lot of weight to it. Suddenly I'm reminded of the now 20-year-old picture of Darth Vader standing in the wake with a Brita filter. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a minute. Oh, I had forgotten about that. Uh, to no one's surprise, I'm, I was sitting back there and I was putting together everything we're going to talk about today, uh, and... I've got like five or six artificial intelligence stories, and these are, again, not digging off in the fringes somewhere. These these are pretty meaty stories that we need to talk about, so we'll do an artificial intelligence update later on in the show, because when we come back, we got something really special we're going to be talking about. We'll have Monica Daniels with us, the president and CEO of Special Olympics Mississippi. The summer games are happening. What, in a little over a week, I think it is. And we're going to talk to her, find out more about the organization, what they're doing, and what's coming up with them. And then we'll get back into this this enormous list of things that we need to cover before we're done here today. Live in the Element Well Studios here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's middays. Monica Daniels next. Gerard Gibbert. He keeps his classified documents right where they belong. Inside a Journey record jacket from the 1980s. 
Gerard Gibbert, Super Talk Mississippi. Yes, I ain't too diplomatic. I just never been kind of going along. Normally, we just randomly pick bumper music, but Monica told us this is her walk-on music. <laughs> and we wanted to honor that as we get ready to go for this. And studio with us now here on Super Talk Mississippi in the Element Wealth Studios, the president and CEO of Special Olympics Mississippi, Monica Daniels. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for the musical intro. Loved it. Well, you you brought it and handed it to him and said, play this. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Sorry. I'm giving, give, giving away the secrets right at right. the beginning. That's right. not good. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. We're getting ready for our 37th year of summer games at Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, Mississippi, with over 700 athletes and unified partners across the state. That is fantastic. Now, let's just state the obvious right up front. This is an enormous amount of work, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It is. And, and, and I just want to go ahead and give credit where credit is due. This would not happen for one year, much less 37 years, if it were not for every individual at Keesler Air Force Base. When this partnership was forged long before my time, uh, these individuals and wing commanders and everyone who sets foot on that base opens their doors, opens their barracks, opens their cafeterias. Oh, you know, people are presenting medals. They're judging relay races. And... We wouldn't be able to do it, and we wouldn't be able to offer Olympic-quality experience for 700 athletes that are going to show up next week. So big shout-out to Keesler. Well, and that's the thing. This is a an enormous event, especially for the athletes that are going to show up. Well, for people that have never really seen anything about it or heard anything about it, walk us through what is going to happen next week. So starting no, uh, let me back up. Uh, Monday of this week, uh, our members of the law enforcement torch run, so police officers that belong to a group uh, called Guardians of the Flame, will light the Olympic torch in the very northeast corner of Mississippi. And they will run that torch every day until opening ceremonies Friday night at 6.30 p.m. when they will be met with an athlete who will run onto base and light the cauldron. And that will declare 2023 Summer Games officially open. We do an opening ceremonies. The athletes walk in. There's a banner competition. They make big posters. They get awards for who has the best banner. Uh, We have an athlete who sings and performs. And then an athlete says the athlete oath declares the games open. And Saturday morning, Rise and shine, it starts with over 12 individual and team sports that go all day long. And volunteers are presenting gold, silver, bronze medals. They have to earn it. They have to qualify to even get there in their local area. Um, And all of this is at no cost to the athlete and their family. So we are behind the scenes making sure that everything is secure so this experience can happen. So now the the actual games themselves, do they all happen on that one day? They all happen on Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a one-day event. A- aside from the part where we've got folks that are running the length diagonally of yes. the state of Mississippi. Yes. <laughs> I am tired just saying that. I know. I, they're amazing. They're amazing. And so it, the athletes show up on Friday, so they get to check in. They get to go to a dorm room. They get to be on their own. You know, independent, stay with a friend, and then that's huge. That is huge. That is so huge. And it's and every athlete is paired with uh, a newly recruited airman at Keesler. So the experience, the entire weekend, is what we call inclusive, because. Uh, We've moved a long way from the 1970s when Special Olympics was really more of a social awe moment where everybody ran a 50-yard dash and got a hug and a ribbon. And now we're a competitive sports organization because we were underestimating individuals with intellectual disabilities. And they're competitive and they're good. So when they meet their airmen, it's always interesting to watch the dynamic because I think the airmen and women assume, well, I'm normal. This is going to be my job for the weekend. And they end up by Sunday learning so much. And I would assume in some cases trying to keep up. Yes, trying to keep up, yeah. especially at the dance on Saturday night. Uh-oh, oh, oh, well, that's oh a whole different <laughs> The competitiveness <laughs> takes on a whole different level at the dance. A dance at the drill pad. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. And it's DJed and, you know, they take requests. But, yeah, so when they by the time they get there and they get their space to stay independently and they get their airmen, the airmen are with them the entire weekend. And we do healthy athlete screenings. We'll be doing podiatry screenings. All of this is free for our athletes to make sure that they are getting the care that they need while they're doing sports well and let's let's go back just a few sentences here because i want to make sure that we stress something because you're exactly right we have changed in a lot of ways since the 70s when this started and like you said uh, and this is what stuck out at me when, when you said that you know it was started out as a social thing and then we realized that these are competitive people that was the problem for a long time it wasn't the competitiveness it was looking at them as people we had a problem yes. with that. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. once you get into it and you realize they're just people. Right. They are just people. And they're pretty incredible people. And it just requires a, a little patience and, and understanding. But they're also great athletes and they're great ambassadors. And, you know, Mississippi, in Mississippi, we have about 75,000 um, individuals with intellectual disabilities. And we are able to touch about 7,000 in any given year. And that's still too small. I mean, yeah, that's not even a tenth. No. So when we talk about inclusion, and we do events year-round in the, across the state, big state events, not quite as big as Keesler, but big, and uh, bringing on more colleges and universities to um, come alongside and play flag football with our athletes. And it's just, it's just about moving the needle on inclusion and kind of taking away the scary part of this makes me uncomfortable. Um, and sports is a great avenue to do that. Doing things that make you uncomfortable is the only way to grow. That's Dave's little life lesson for today. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's trying pickles on, on your sandwich. I don't care what it is. If it doesn't make you uncomfortable, you're not growing from it. This is it's, true. We, we do some of that here on the show on a regular basis. We make people uncomfortable, but there's a reason behind it. There's a motivation there. Uh, 
this is such an important thing for so many different ways, but you said that they have to qualify. They, you mm-hmm. actually have qualifying rounds and matches around the state. Yes. Uh, where the best of the best from each area are the ones that wind up to go here. That speaks back to what you were talking about, about it being a competitive event, which right. a lot of people don't understand. Right. It It is a competitive event. And again, uh, it's volunteer and very grassroots uh, driven. So we have volunteers all across the state. We're divided up into about 15, 16 local areas. And uh, they service coaches and they find people that can coach sports in their area and offer those um, either just to an individual with an intellectual disability or to a individual and a partner a unified partner and who doesn't have that disability and they'll play on a team sport together and they have to qualify i mean they get the rules they get the heat sheet and my sports director is on top of it you know and he you know and it gets it gets a little competitive and you know and sometimes we are not above you know using a carrot instead of a stick to maybe give away extra bowling slots if volunteers get their paperwork in on time you know um it's called a bribe monica <laughs> let's just call it what it is we're beating around this bush here it's a bribe but it's an ethical bribe yeah it's not a stick yeah, yeah. Stick, <laughs> stick is a totally different thing, but I don't know. I don't really know what stick you would use on a volunteer. Exactly. So, you know, and our so. volunteers are great. They can have all the carrots they want. It's but, all, uh, all carrots all the time. Bowling slots are prime. Okay, so th- that that's the carrot. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah. the big carrot. Okay, gotcha. Uh, now, th- th- this kind of thing, you you said it's at no cost to the athletes and mm-hmm. their families. They don't. This isn't free. So, how do you do this? We work really hard to to raise money, and we have amazing community partners across the state of Mississippi that support our work beyond just a donation or paycheck. So we look to companies and organizations to come alongside of us. So we invite them to events. And it's like if you you know for this level of support, come be a medal presenter. Come, have one of our athletes who's a health messenger come speak to your company for a lunch and learn. So we're again it's because it's beyond just what happens at the end of the 50-yard dash. See, and I love that idea that you just threw out, and I hope everyone was paying attention. That is a fantastic idea. If you want to change the way people look at this entire situation and look at this entire group of your fellow Mississippians, invite them to come speak at a Lunch and Learn and sit there and listen. Right. And I, I guarantee you, you're going to have a different attitude by the end of the talk than you had before it started. Right. That, and we couldn't fantastic. do it without our community partners either. So we thank all of them across the state. Can you hang on for a few minutes? Sure. Fantastic. We've got Monica Daniels with us. Uh, she's got a bundle of carrots, and she's looking for you if you'd like to help. We'll talk about that when we come back about the Mississippi Special Olympics Summer Games happening next week. We will talk more about it next in the Element Well Studios live on Super Talk Mississippi Middays. The stories that matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk, Mississippi. Blue lights flashing in my rear view. The 
should have known it was you. You got 14 people in the back of this truck. I warned you twice and now I'm riding you up. I said, officer, what have I done? He smiled and said, boy, you're having too much fun. This, of course, the theme music after Monica Daniels wins her wrestling match. This is <laughs> what they immediately hit, and she gets up and she flexes for a few seconds and then climbs out of the ring and goes backstage. Yes. That's the way it works. Monica Daniels, president and CEO of Special Olympics Mississippi. Uh, Monica, I, I'm going to say something that is almost going to sound ironic because you're here and we're talking, and I'm talking about what an awesome job you guys do, but it's in, in some ways... From the outside looking in, it's a thankless task, but your thanks are going to come next Saturday, aren't they? Yes. Your reward. Oh, yes. Yes. It's... Yes, for everyone. Um, and, and and it's not even, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody does want that hug at the end of the 50-yard dash. And there are so many hugs to go around um, from Friday afternoon to Sunday morning. Um there's not a dry eye anywhere you know all of our volunteers are crying and hugging and line dancing on the drill pad and and i like to sneak off and go upstairs uh and there's a little balcony and i can just look down and i just see everyone dancing just from you know wing commanders to master sergeants to volunteers to moms to athletes to airmen who felt uncomfortable when they first met their athlete um and that is my thing that is my thank you that is it makes all the difference in the world to me well it sounds like you're the person to ask who's the best dancer at keesler <laughs> right it could be some dancing with stars candidates yeah you, you could uh, that could be a competition it could be i'm just saying that could be, it's a competitive event that could be a little right fun. we haven't gotten there yet cornhole will be offered at our next oh, usa games oh. as a qualifying sport as will pickleball Okay, well, that makes sense. That's huge right now. And that's what I wanted to get into. We mentioned it very briefly talking off the air before we got started here. Uh, They have the local events where they qualified to get to the state games. Does that then serve the state games as a qualifier for people to go to the, the nationals? If you will, every four years. So much like the traditional Olympic model, um, we host as a movement uh, national games in the United States and world games. Coming up in a month or so are world games in Berlin, where athletes internationally compete, and then and that happens every four years. So it's almost a two-year cycle. So. The next national games that Mississippi will participate in will be in 2026 um, in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be competing in big puffy jackets with, <laughs> with with fur collars and everything. It's going to be cold, isn't it? When, it, when does it happen well, in the June. year? Well, it's okay, in June. Okay, okay, that's a good choice. It's June, because, I mean, June in Orlando this past year oh, no. was brutal. Yeah, well, it could have been August. It could have been August. Could have been worse. But, you know, we were, again, back to our community partners and our volunteers and our athletes and staff and board members. We were able to take the largest delegation in in Mississippi's history. And we can't do anything less in 2026, right? So anybody hearing me, if you want to help us get there in 2026, you know where to find me. Um, But, yeah, we we, we want to do that. We want to bring on team sports. We were the only state in the country that brought unified uh, boys and girls clubs teams. So we have launched a project to collaborate 
in the Mississippi Delta with boys and girls clubs. And we took a unified uh, boys and girls club uh, basketball team and a unified cheer team from the Delta. And our unified boys and girls club team won silver in the nation. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we want to do more of that. You know, it's more inclusion. More fun. That That is perfect. Now, you mentioned something there that was the next thing I was going to bring up uh, when you just kind of lowered your voice a little bit and said, so if you'd like to help us. Uh, it, it, there's two ways that I would suspect you could uh, use some help, and that's financially, because we could all use financial help, but especially for a cause like this, and uh, with time, volunteers. Yes. I would suspect you need yes. all the volunteers that want to show up. Yes, we do. And and that's year-round. That's a year-round ask. So if you're in the area of Keesler and you want to volunteer over the weekend, we'd love to meet you. We'd love to say hey, and we'd love to thank you. Uh, year-round across the state, as I mentioned, local area volunteers are coaching, training athletes. Um, and we, we need volunteers. We have pockets. I don't know what the correct terminology is post-COVID, what, what, what we call that, but this is where we are. And it is a rebuilding, and it's, you know, bringing people back. And our numbers are starting to come back on the athlete side, which is fantastic, but we have to match that on the volunteer side. And that's always the challenge. Right. Because everybody is busy. And I do want to specify, I want to make sure, while we're talking about volunteers, and you said if you're by Keesler and you want to come out and help, great. It's next weekend. It's not It's not this. It's not yeah. in two days. It's nope. next yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's next weekend. <laughs> the uh, 12th through the 14th, right? Yes. That's the official date. So yes. if anybody is listening and said, oh, wait, no, I could do that. Well, I just want to make sure we got right. the right weekend yes. so that you can go ahead and put it on your calendar. Have time to think about it. What kind of process do they need? to go through if someone wants to volunteer do they just show up do they need to contact you i mean it is a military base so well yeah if they show, show up, up they're not getting in that's don't, a good point don't show up uh yes we have um online you can visit our website you can just give us a call there is a volunteer coordinator at keesler too and keesler is launching an app for the games and i mean if you if you want to be plugged in we can plug you in it's very simple to get involved. It is. It's very hard to get uninvolved because once you do it once, you're going to want to keep doing it. That is true. That that's <laughs> uh, it. It's it's kind of like eating corn chips. After you have that first couple, you're going to finish the bag you because are. <laughs> they're very Moorish once you get started. <laughs> Same thing applies here because the rewards aren't financial. The rewards aren't uh, anything other than that feeling you're going to have when you go home once mm -hmm. it's over. Right. That that that's the reward. That absolutely is. And trust me, you're you're gonna feel overpaid. <laughs> yes. By the time it's yes. done, you yeah. really are. I do every time. Yeah, that's the way. <laughs> well, you've been doing this a, a minute. I've been I've been in the nonprofit world for almost thirty years. I've been with Special Olympics almost eight. Yeah. So so she started all this when she was just six years old. Right. Yeah. I know. Amazing. Just play along. Uh, so you can uh, get a hold uh, at the website. What's the website again? SpecialOlympicsMississippi.org. Just go there. Just you can find there. all the information. You can find information on our website, how to get involved, how to become a volunteer, how to register as an athlete. And, you know, if you want to come see us, we're on the second floor of the Fondren Corner building uh, right above Roosters. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, we've talked about volunteering, which is huge. That's what drives this entire thing. If someone does just literally does not have the time, but they want to help, what can they do? 
They can write a check. Yes, they can. They can write. <laughs> she didn't want to say it, so I had to go ahead and say it for her. You can write a check, you can write sign that. it at the bottom. Yes, that's important. You can do that. You can give me a call personally. Um, you, I, you can find me on the website. If you are a leader of an organization, you have a young professionals group that wants to get involved and raise money, or you as an organization want to get involved, um, call me and we can make that happen. We can, you know, we have uh, employees at, at some of our community partners who play golf with our athletes so they're actually unified partners um that's the fun part of writing the check i can make it really fun for you when you write the check oh yeah there's there's, there's going to be you know a streamer is going to be confetti yeah. the whole oh, nine yeah. yards yeah. yeah uh and again though the, the the reward that you're going to get even if you are just writing a check it, it's not about promotion that that's a benefit yes it's not about what you're doing. It's not about a write-off or anything else. It's what you're going to know that you're helping. And I would recommend anybody that's on the fence about whether or not to donate, just show up next weekend, not as a volunteer. Right. Oh, we need fans in the stands. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's it. Yeah, we need fans in the stands at all of our state-level events. We need we need people to cheer them on. Just, and, and they're good quality events. So you'll enjoy it. And that that's the thing. Show up, to even if it's one of the local events. Show up. Watch what happens. You don't have to get involved. You don't have to say anything to anybody. You will, but you don't have to. Just show up and watch. And then you'll get it. Until you do that, you're not really going to fully get it. Is that, is that a fair statement, you think? Yes. If you want to truly understand inclusion, you have to include yourself in the narrative even if it makes you uncomfortable. Including yourself as part of inclusion? Now, now this is this is graduate-level stuff here, Monica. You're, you got to getting... take that step and say, I, I, can, I can have this conversation with someone that is different from me. I can initiate that. I can be the driver of inclusion. And that, at the end of the day, with sports as our vehicle, it, what Special Olympics Mississippi is about, is about breaking down the barriers of exclusivity. The Summer Games next weekend at Keesler Air Force yes. Base, the 12th through the 14th, as Monica very correctly corrected me on, uh, don't just show up. It is a military base. <laughs> <laughs> there are steps here. Let's not have another steps. Kremlin here. Right. Uh, but, yeah, please make plans to attend. If you can, volunteer. If you can, donate. What's the website one more time? SpecialOlympicsMississippi.org. So is Mississippi spelled out, or is it just MS? It'll take you there. You can spell oh, it out way. if okay. you want to type, but you can stop at ms.org, and you'll go right there. Monica Daniels, enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it. Thank you. Have fun next weekend. I will. Thanks. Good days with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. The Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. Welcome back, Super Talk Mississippi Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studio on the Ceasefire Text Line. Uh, longtime listener, my buddy Mose, says he can only listen to twelve thirty today. He, he's usually he's here. He, he's he's like a clock, not the one on the microwave that's been blinking forever, an actual clock. Uh, but today, 
He's got something important to do. The Bloodmobile is going to be at Ramey's in Monticello. He's headed over to give blood, as he does on a regular basis. If you're down in that area in southwest Mississippi, down in my stomping grounds, head over there and give blood, too. No other explanation, I think, need be given. Just go give blood. It's always a good idea. It's always a good choice. We were talking earlier. I mentioned it. You and I were talking, and I thought you had a great idea. Uh, back in the break room, because I said, I've got like four or five artificial intelligence stories. And and these are like news stories affecting jobs and, and court cases and everything. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big part of the writer's strike is artificial intelligence. That's one of the things being specifically mentioned. So I said, you know, just as an aside, little little pre-show meeting, like we need some kind of theme song for an artificial intelligence update segment. Because it's very quickly becoming a major news topic in multiple different areas. So, Rhino, your advice was what? Well, I mean, it it would only make sense if we ask an AI to make us the intro music for the segment about AI. Yeah, that's true. Well, I didn't do quite that, but I did go into uh, ChatGPT and ask it for a recommendation of three different songs that could be used. My exact prompt I used was... Please recommend three songs that could be used as the opening theme on a talk radio show to introduce a segment on artificial intelligence news. That's pretty, you know, right on the nose. Oh, yeah. Came back. It's three suggestions. Number one, Technologic by Daft Punk. It says this electronic dance music track. Oh, it explains. It explains its answers. It does, it's not just a list of three songs. Oh, no. It runs it down. This electronic dance music track features robotic vocals and lyrics that describe various technological commands and processes, which is true. Number two would have been my choice, Mr. Roboto by Styx. I'm not even going to read the explanation. You can figure that one out, I'm sure. And number three, Computer Love by Kraftwerk, which kind of takes us in a weird direction, so I'm, I'm marking that one off the list. So that, that, that's what it spit back out. So now is your chance to choose on the ceasefire text line. You can vote for Technologic or Mr. Roboto. So if you don't know what Technologic is, here it is. If I can get it to work. On it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quick, rewrite it, plug it, play it, burn it, rip it, drag it, drop it. It doesn't get better, by the way. No, that's pretty much all of Technologic. Or you have the Sticks Classic with Mr. Roboto. That's the two choices given to us by AI to use as the intro to talk about AI. Made sense to me when Rhino suggested it. So you can vote on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Which one do you want us to use as the theme moving forward for artificial intelligence updates? Uh, and just remember a uh, couple of things here. Number one, all the voting happening on the text line. Number two, the only prize you get is the fact that we're going to use the song that gets the most votes. That's it. There's nothing else involved here. I mean, we might have a stale Snickers back in the break room if you're really desperate to be bribed, but that's about all we could offer. Uh, and number three, as David Letterman always used to say, please, no wagering. Aside from that, it's, it's pretty simple.
Which one do you want? And uh, I'm, yeah, we're we're getting. Uh, I, I think we all know how this is going to go. I think we all know how this is going to end up, and it's trending that way already. But these are the early boxes. We got to get to the metro areas first, and then we can decide whether or not we're going to call it. Trying to warm up those election season muscles because it's where we're at. And then, uh, yeah, next hour we'll we'll do some artificial intelligence news uh, using the. The winner of today's most important vote. <laughs> you know, I had none of this in mind when I rolled out of bed this morning. Nothing. No, nowhere anywhere near this. It tends to happen when we get together. Yes, every time. You and I will sit down and we'll talk for 20 minutes about what we're going to do, and then we come in here and, well, just wad that up. We're talking skunk squirrels today. Yeah, this happens every time. I enjoy it. I think you enjoy it. I'm always down for a good squatch story. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't get me started. We could go down that road, too, if you want. <laughs> <sighs> we have Fox News coming up next. We have Super Talk Mississippi News. And the first hour is done. I don't know how that happened. Hour number two of Middays, live in the Element Well Studios. Right after that... With artificial intelligence news with a theme song that you're picking, which basically means it's going to be your fault. All that coming up next hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Stick around, just six minutes away. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply deeply. and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Number two of Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios on a gorgeous Wednesday. I don't even have my jacket on. You know that's unusual for me. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Man, it's fantastic. Live in the Element Wealth Studios, it's Middays. Dave Hughes here. Uh, Before we get back to the AI stuff, I did want to mention this, uh, the story that happened overnight in George County, which I think was an object lesson, so we need to shine a light on it for just a second here. Uh, if the deputies have you cornered in your house trying to arrest you for 12 hours and you decide to come out and pull out a gun and point it at them, guess what's going to happen? Just, just take, take I don't have to ask the AI this question. I, th- I think we can all figure this out. And that's exactly what happened in this particular case. No officer was injured in the incident. Uh, the suspect is now the former suspect. That's kind of how that works. That's how that should work. And I'm sure there will be somebody somewhere that's going, oh, they treated him horribly. Well, he was shooting at them. The time for hugs, and that was over. No juice box was going to help that situation. So, yeah, that's an appropriate response. That's an appropriate outcome in that particular situation. 
Uh, and I just wanted to recognize that, and I'm really glad no officers were hurt in that in that thing. And, of course, as always, I'm sure there will be an investigation because it was an officer-involved shooting. That's standard procedure pretty much everywhere, and that's fine. That's no problem. But if you got this guy holed up for 12 hours and he comes out guns a-blazing, well, here we are. You play what, Rhino? What is it? What's the expression? You play what kind of games? I believe it's uh, stupid games. Yes. And guess what kind of prizes you win? I I think it's also stupid prizes. You are exactly correct. They handed out prizes this morning. There was a clear first place, by the way. Um, Got a couple of things. Uh, Andy and Jackson, okay, I I do have to admit, he said, I'm doing a write-in vote. She blinded me with science. I'm tempted to lean towards that just because I love that song. Uh, then uh, Sam from Mount Hermon, I gotta, I gotta ask here because we came up with these choices because, well, we asked artificial intelligence what to use to talk about artificial intelligence. Sam, in a modern day, you know, John Henry story, wants to go up against the AI. Said, "Do I really have to pick one of your choices? Isn't there any better choice? Got one? I'm open. We are." We are open 100%. Mose, that's a guaranteed way to meet Elvis. Yes. Every time, that is a guaranteed way to meet Elvis. And let me just say, that situation, the details that we know, I heartily approve. If we handed out more stupid prizes for stupid games, things would calm down a little bit. Yeah, I know that's a controversial statement. I know some people just immediately went, (gasps) you're going to snap your pearls if you clutch them that hard, number one. But number two, uh, well, I'm sorry. There have to be consequences for actions. If there aren't, the actions get worse. That's human beings because, I'm sorry, at any age, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, everybody is about five bad minutes away from being a toddler. They are. They're just going to be reacting from their primitive hind brain and and pitching a fit, demanding what they want, when they want it, which is everything, and now. And it leads to trouble. So sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to, but they work out the way they have to. Wasn't there a Michael Douglas movie about that? Uh, uh, well, 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 oh, falling down. Falling down. That like was in it. the early mid nineties. For some reason, in my head, it was coming out as breaking down, and I'm like, "Well, no, that that would have been a little too on the point." It was falling down. That was. He's in the the white dress shirt with the horn rim glasses, beating up a computer in a field. Yeah, I remember that. It was a good movie. Uh, let's see. The first song is probably more accurate, but the second is less annoying, Kevin and Monticello uh, said. And, you know, I'm going to agree with that assessment. And the the votes, that's kind of how they came in. It, it's pretty heavily weighted towards Mr. Roboto. So uh, coming up in the next segment, we'll do some AI news, because some interesting stuff, including a Mississippi story involving AI, that we'll get into. And probably lead with that one, because there was AI involved in this. Uh, but, and, and, well, now the vice president is getting involved, so we know this is all going to be solved. Because if there's one thing that the Veep is right now in this administration, it's an action taker and go-getter. 
getting deep in here. Yeah. I mean, do they give her coloring books and she just sits in her office? What is she? I, I can't tell you anything she has done for two years. I just can't figure out, do, do the, the people in her orbit not prepare anything for her to read before she gets on a stage? Or... Does she just ignore it? Like, do they put in all that work and effort every day to, to prep her, and she just scans it, it goes in one ear, out the other, and onto the stage to have more word salad? Well, I think it started out as the, fir- the, the second one that you said there, and now it's just the first one, because why bother? Why put all that effort in if it's not going to be used? So now, if I had to guess, and I have absolutely nothing to base this on, but if I had to guess... Just observation. Yes, just observation and the way things work. I know how things work. Uh, They probably tell her just how awesome she is at this, and we don't need to give it. You've got this. You're going to come up with something way better than we could ever give you, and then they go for a snack while she's out there making an idiot out of herself. With what she's saying, or I'm sure there's a Yaz Queen thrown in there somewhere. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, several. I'm sure, might possibly a chorus. Immediately followed by "You Slay," and then she goes out and she giggles incoherently for a couple of minutes, and then goes back into her cave. And at that point, we know whether or not she saw her shadow, and we have six more weeks of incompetence in the vice president's office. She hasn't missed her shadow yet, by the way. Just point that out. So, yeah, she's getting involved in artificial intelligence. I don't care if it's artificial or not. Let's just get some, and then we can build from there. That's, that's my thought. So it might not be a bad move all the way around. Blade Runner, the movie by Harrison Ford. You know, that, that that's the thing. Uh, and there are some pretty learned people that are starting to get a little freaked out by the potential of artificial intelligence. My problem with the whole thing, it seems like scientists have decided to take every disaster movie and science fiction horror movie ever made and use them as, you know, a user's guide, a a plan, instead of going, ooh, don't want to have that happen. No, they're like, oh, this is a great idea. Are you getting this down, Bob? This is great. Look, everybody's dead. This is a great movie. Can we make this? It just feels like that some days, but we'll talk about that because it's not really that. But I'll put it like this. I don't trust most of the most of the people that I see driving their own car on the road with me. Why? Because I know people and I've seen them drive before. I'm not sure I want to trust them with anything more dangerous than that. Is that an elitist attitude? No, I don't like being run into or run over, which could be the case here. Uh, did you hear what Elon's doing, by the way? The the latest thing? No. Well, you know, uh, NPR, after they labeled them as state-funded media, and it was a back and forth, and uh, NPR said they were no longer going to be posting So Elon apparently just sent them a message yesterday and said, hey, if you're not going to be tweeting anymore, uh, let us know so we can free up that handle so somebody else can have it at NPR. Who's going to get that except for somebody pretending to be NPR? 
I mean, there is a, a premium on accounts with the minimum possible number of letters in the name. Yes. It's a, a, a strange pride taken by some people on social media where they've they've snagged a name that is three or four letters and they've just sat on it this entire time. There are some that have actually used their short names on things like Twitter to gain a following. Like, uh, oh, what's the the guy that just posts nonsense all the time? But it's hilarious. Drill. D-R-I-L on, on Twitter. Yes. Got the little short name. He's had it for a long time. Well, the Norwegian penguin rescue, I'm sure, is waiting for NPR to give that up. That's why you see so many of these names with like 15 numbers at the end of it. It's because there's, there's no more unique names. We're headed to the whole reason why uh, the, the wrestling organization had to change from WWF. The World Wildlife Federation had had enough. So we're headed right down that path with NPR. Uh, when we come back, some interesting things, and we'll start with the... The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. On Super Talk Mississippi. Should have went with this. Nobody's going to refuse Hendrix. Come on. And he makes the guitar sing. So oh, yeah. it's like... He's imbuing intelligence into the electronic guitar. Oh, I like that. That's a stretch, but a good one. I like that. You're exactly right. Welcome back. Midday is live in the Element Well Studios. Uh, and we we held... Our, oh, oh, wait a second. Hold on. Late entry here on the C Spire text line. Uh, the song from Rush, Sector Red. I know the one they're talking about, and that's not a bad choice. That that's not a bad choice, and we may have to rotate through some because we're getting some good suggestions here. Uh, that the, ironically enough, artificial intelligence did not come up with. Might be a little lesson in there, uh, but let's go ahead. We've got several big news stories, and I figure we'll just lump them all into one because this is turning into a whole category of news at this point, and that's only going to accelerate moving forward. So it's time, let's, let's see if we can do this all official. It's time for your official artificial, well, no, now see, I've messed it up. We just call the whole thing off. I wrecked it. Perfect. Exactly like we drew it up in the meeting during the break. Perfect. All right. Several things. And number one, uh, artificial intelligence is being used for a lot of different things. Everybody talks about the chat bots, but you can use it to get pictures. i uh, got a story about that here in a minute where a big organization got in trouble by using it to make something look worse than it was. Uh, and you can also use it, as Rhino had immediately and originally suggested, to generate music. You can also use it to modify or create video. I don't know if you've seen the kerfuffle, but uh, Governor Tate Reeves' team used, obviously, some AI. Looks like I guess they could have done it the old-fashioned by hand way, but it looks like an AI job. It's very well done. Uh, and 
put Governor Reeves' face over Clint Eastwood's face in some of his famous movie scenes where he's just gunning people down in the streets and released it on Twitter yesterday. The governor with no name. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the outlaw Josie Reeves. Matter of fact, I think it was from uh, one, one of the clips is from Outlaw Josie Bales. Uh, so it's, it's just a, a whole montage of that. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. You can find it on Twitter. It was, it was put out yesterday uh, by his team, and then the governor retweeted it. I mean, we, we know it's official. That, I'm pretty sure. I haven't verified that, but I'm pretty sure that was done with some help from AI. Looks like it. Either I mean, that, most of the face swap apps use AI. Yes. The, the simpler ones use a, a grid that's imposed on the picked on your face, and then it matches a grid to another face, and it's a lot simpler. It's not quite AI, but usually for motion, it requires AI to face swap. Yeah. Uh, even if you do it with an app or, or something else, there's some AI usually involved in that, because if you're going to do it by hand, that's a lot of man hours to make it happen. So that's my suspicion, and I'm being clear that it was done with AI. It's getting a mixed reaction. It is. But in case, and I wanted to lead with this for this reason, in case you hear this and you go, all this talk about artificial intelligence, what's it got to do with me? Well, there you go. We, we have something that looks to me like it was created at least with the help of artificial intelligence uh, as part of a campaign for governor in the state of Mississippi. So I would say it's here. I would say it's pretty clear that, yes, there's an impact even here. Go check it out for yourself. Like I said, reactions been mixed. I've seen reactions in both directions. Some people saying, that's cool. Some people saying, what? A little bit of everything. Just like anything else you do these days, by the way. That's that's the reaction to anything. Um, told you about uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. She is uh, having a, a meeting uh, or participating in a meeting. I'm not going to say she's having a meeting because, no, that makes it sound like she has a lot more agency in this than she actually has. <laughs> Because she doesn't have that much in this particular situation. Uh, but she is participating in a meeting uh, with CEOs of various companies. Uh, tech company CEOs, they're going to have a meeting about artificial intelligence and safety this week. Leaders of Google, Microsoft, Anthropic, OpenAI are going to be at the White House uh, tomorrow to have this meeting and discuss this. As you know, artificial intelligence, we talked about this yesterday, one of the things they're discussing in the writer's strike. It's one of the, they don't they don't want to be replaced by AI. They're not alone, but this is a problem. Because, I don't know if you've seen this news, this is pretty big news today, actually. Uh, IBM IBM has come out and said that they are basically going to let 8,000 employees go because they can be replaced by artificial intelligence. Now, not, not in the future, not you know over the next 10 years. No, they're talking right now, 8,000 people losing their jobs, they're going to be replaced with AI. That's right now, and that's not the only company doing things like that. 
Uh, then there are other companies that are looking at AI and going, oh, this is a great opportunity. Amnesty International is one of those. Did you see what they did? No. Okay. Amnesty International, they go around and protest various things, as you know. Well, they posted a bunch of pictures online from uh, the national protest a couple of years ago in Colombia, and they were there, and some of their folks getting hauled away by the police. The problem is they were created, they were faked. Those people didn't exist. They were faked by artificial intelligence, and they got caught after they released them to show how horrible the brutality was that they had to suffer fighting for rights of every human. Yeah, everybody pointed out, for example, that one of the flags, uh, the, the, this picture I'm looking at, it's a girl being traumatized, being hauled away by these stormtrooper-ish-looking uh, officers, military officers, and she's got a flag wrapped around her. It's the right colors are in the wrong order. Don't, don't know whose flag that is, but nobody caught that the AI messed it up. So now they've had to take them all down. They've apologized. But the fact that they were willing to do that with a straight face and not say anything, not say, well, this is, this is a simulation of how bad it could have been. Just put it out there like, look at our poor worker and how they suffered. That's like saying, man, those ghosts are being mean to Pac-Man. They just won't leave him alone. Look at that. All he wants to do is have a snack, and they're just terrorizing him. It's the same thing. It's computer-generated. So they got busted. They got caught. I hope you think for a second they're the only ones that either are planning on doing something like that or have already done something like that because it's gotten good enough just in the last month or two where you almost can't tell sometimes. I mean, a lot of times, you know, fingers, teeth, some sometimes you can catch it pretty easy. Especially in a social system that is ma- it's made up with the majority of people only looking at a glance. Yeah. In the headline-only society, it's a lot easier to fool people with AI-generated imaging because they're just looking at it, scanning it, and not actually taking it in and trying to figure out, okay, how, how did this happen? What's going on here? It's just, oh, look, it's something that matches my predispositions. That brings that leads perfectly into the other point here. This is not something that is coming. This is not something that is going to happen down the road. We are officially at the point, video, pictures, whatever, audio, we are at the point you cannot believe anything you see or hear unless it's in person. Period. You know, there's a well-known scam going around. People are using AI. They're getting a sample of, like, your kid's voice, and then you get a call, and you answer it, and it's your kid's voice talking back and forth to you, completely made up, telling you they're in trouble and they need money to get out of jail, or they, they've had a bad wreck and they need money to pay their house or something, and it's their voice. And when you reply, it replies back to you in their voice and works the scam. So, phone calls, pictures like from Amnesty International, videos, 
The governor does not have a hat that cool. I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, he could. I don't know, but it still looked very realistic. It's very well done on a technical standpoint. So we're at that point. So get your doubter tuned up and get the oil changed in it because you need to really slip that into gear. We're going to continue on Super Talk Mississippi Live in the Element Wealth Studios on middays right after this. Everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. Welcome back. Veered way off into the weeds on the bumper music, but here we are. It's only a thousand miles back to the road, apparently. Super Talk Mississippi Midday. He's live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here. Uh, I don't know if you saw, New York City passed their gas appliance ban. It's going to be for new homes. They're not going to go into everybody's home and yank it out. Here's what I find interesting. You know who's against this idea? Who says it's a bad idea and doesn't like it? President Joe Biden. The Democrats in New York passed this, and Biden's like, no, don't, don't, don't do that. And being the strong, forceful leader he is, they said, yeah, we're going to do it anyway, and did it. Did you see the other story coming up, coming out in New York about stolen vehicles? Yes. They're going to hand out 500 Apple AirTags. In a city of several million people, 500 of you, we might have a chance to find your car once it's stolen. Feel better? If I remember correctly, they've had over 4,500 stolen cars this year. Yeah. Yeah. But 500 air tags are going to help. It is the definition of doing something so you can say you're doing something, but not actually trying to address the problem, which is you got crooks running around everywhere. That's where we're at right now. Nordstrom is closing two, uh, their two locations in San Francisco because they're tired of getting robbed. I mean, there's other issues, too. One of them being, well, a big surprise here, they said foot traffic is way down. I can't imagine why. Everybody's bailing out of San Francisco for the same reason. We have to get it under control. I suggest we put together some sort of informative panel to go around and give speeches. Uh, maybe we can find some folks in George County. You, you deal with people appropriately, depending on how they're dealing with you. I think that's a, a fairly safe statement. You would think that's a fairly safe statement, but that's not the way things are working right now. Haven't been for a while. So, yeah, it's going into effect with new uh, houses and new installations, I think, uh, what, uh, 2026 in New York. 
Uh, so what that means is we're going to have a run on gas appliances for homes at the end of 2025 in New York, which is going to lead to a shortage, which means we're all going to have trouble getting that stuff. So get out ahead of the curve. If you think you might have to replace your hot water heater in the next three years, go ahead and do it now. Beat the rush, because it's coming. It's coming. It's We haven't had that many opportunities where we got to see one of these kinds of things coming down the road, but you know exactly what's going to happen with this. So you can get out ahead of it, and you can sit on your giant stockpile of toilet paper while everybody else is panicking. Just to give an analogy that I'm just made up. You know, it's not <clears throat> Purely hypothetical. Yeah, purely hypothetical. Nothing to do with reality at all. Uh, oh, you know, Thomas, that's a good question. You want to talk about a divisive issue of the day, here it is. Is it a hot water heater or a water heater? I mean, hot water heater is kind of redundant. If it's hot water, it doesn't need to be heated. It's already hot water. Unless you're looking at it from a grammatical standpoint and saying, well, no, that's just an adjective and it's telling you what kind of water you're going to get out of it. But a water heater implies that. I don't know. I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both What do you call it? I don't know. I'm curious. No. But honestly, I most of my life, everybody in my family has called it a hot water heater. Until you think about it. it, it, it but to me, that's almost hand-in-hand hand with going to the ATM machine. What's the M stand for in ATM? It feels like there's just a few redundancies built into certain colloquialisms or just general misunderstandings like chester drawers instead of chest of drawers yes yes well well sometimes that happens just to just to and i'm still not quite sure what a shiffer robe is i don't know i've seen so many things labeled shiffer robe i'm like none of these things have anything in common except they're made of wood you know the one that gets me that I couldn't pick out of a lineup? Credenza. I know the word. What is it? Is it a footstool? Do you store pets in it? What do you, I don't even know what you do with it. But I know it exists. I'm not fancy enough. Again, six bucks, that's going to a burger. So I don't know. I don't have a credenza. I have a milk crate. That's a totally different piece of furniture. It's a totally different thing. Here's another one. Do you know anybody that still refers to their freezer as an icebox? You know anybody that uses that term? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Mo says it gets the water hot and keeps it hot, so technically it's a hot water heater. Yeah. But at that point, wouldn't it be a hot water warmer? Or Brian and Madison on Ceasefire Text Line to quote George Carlin, you don't need a hot water heater, you need a cold water heater or a hot water cooler. Yes, either one will work. I mean, it comes in cold. Kind of. I least, mean, tap water in Mississippi in August is still yeah, lukewarm. Yeah, you don't really need the... You can save the gas or the electricity at that point. Just go outside and use that first burst of water out of the hose when you turn it on. That'll boil anything. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> you can get flash burns that way. Rob from Tupelo, why say Easter Sunday? Easter is always on a Sunday. You don't say Thanksgiving Thursday. He's got a point. 
Johnny in West Point, slow news day. No, we just kind of go where the wind takes us sometimes, and it's blowing in this direction right now. Uh, what about mud dauber versus dirt dauber? I've always heard dirt dauber. Yeah, it heats the water and then keeps it hot. Paul, you're right, Paul and Meridian. It heats the water and then keeps it hot. But that that you're not heating hot water. You're maintaining hot water. So it's either a water heater or a hot water maintainer. Because if you heat hot water, you're getting it hotter. You're not holding it steady. And it can only get so hot. Yeah. And then it just goes... Pfft. You don't want to take a steam bath. <laughs> My, Michael... Looking up under something. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Or the the true Yankee confuser, fixin' to. Fixin' to. Uh, Then we can just go right down the whole Jeff Foxworthy line, who has made a living off the fact that we don't know how to talk. Or is it that they don't know how to listen? Yeah. Makes sense to us. Why do they call them apartments when they're all together from the 662? Adam and Madison has a good point. Not if it's tankless. It heats on demand. That is very, what is it those are called? You can get that like in a shower head even. I can't remember what it's called. I've seen those. I just had a hard time fully embracing the idea of running electricity to something right there at the shower. Rod the Delta says the industry refers to it as an electric or gas water heater. So that's the official term, which, as you know, that, that, that butters no biscuits. But that is the official term for that. Hot water, Jim and Hernando, hot water heater is like saying pin number. Yeah. Oh, those are like warm water heaters. Okay, yeah. If you put me on the stand right now, put me under oath, I could not truthfully tell you how we wound up here in this discussion. I I don't know. That's how rabbit holes go, though. Yeah. Before you know it, you look up and... Last night, I was telling Rhino this earlier, I saw something else which led to a video which led to another video with the song Rasputin from 1978 from a group called Boney M, which led me to the Wikipedia page, which led me to a Time Magazine article about Grigory Rasputin in Russia back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Could not tell you how that started, but that's where I wound up. It's one of the effects of the Internet. It's the way it works. Brian and Madison. Squirrel! Yes. ACT test. Yep. Hot water tank. Okay. Yeah, now now we're, we're getting into a whole thing, but we're eliminating the function. Oh, don't you rule 44 me, Thomas. We're not going there. Not going there. It's a relatively family show on good days. We are live in the Element Well Studios here on Middays on a Wednesday. Having a good time. we got a couple of things to cover when we get back. And then coming up at 12, 
Mark Henderson's going to join us. We're going to talk to him about something cool he's doing with us from the Lazy Magnolia Brewing Company. We'll do that. All that coming up in the next 20, 30 minutes here on Super Talk. It's so awesome! Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on! Let's get on with the show! On Super Talk Mississippi. Sam from Mount Hermon, almost getting personal with this whole line of thing. He said, why do people look for something when they don't know what they're looking for? I will confess, I have literally used the phone on my uh, flashlight on my phone to try to find my phone under the bed. That's why. Because we're stupid. That's the only answer I've got for you. Speaking of which, Rhino... They have announced the 2023 class of inductees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I do not understand what rock and roll is. I thought I had this down. I thought I understood what rock and roll was. Obviously, I don't. The performer category. Starting out with somebody who has never been happier in their life that a TV show existed than this person, Kate Bush will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure Emily Post would recommend she write a thank you note to the Duffer Brothers for using Running Up That Hill and Stranger Things, because she wouldn't be on this list without it. No. Nowhere near it. Nobody knew who she was. Nobody remembered her until that show. And then that song got in everybody's head, and here we are. So So I guess that means in what? 20 years, Natalie Imbruglia will be inducted because Torn will be used in some popular show. Well, if we get one more balloon flying over the country, they're going to put Nina in. Uh, Aside from Kate Bush, uh, Sheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, and The Spinners. That's your 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. There are several names on here that no one has ever, even if they were drunk and squinting, saw them as a rock and roll performer. Willie Nelson is a national treasure. He is an icon. He is a wonderful person. He is not a rock and roller. Never, He's never even drifted in that direction. Now, if Johnny Cash were still alive, oh yeah, because he drifted in that direction sometimes. Dolly Parton, you could kind of see that. Willie is as old country as old country gets. So I don't know, Missy Elliott? That that's rock now? And I know they have come out and they have redefined it and they have said, well, you know, it includes all music, including music that has rock and roll influences. Which is a fancy way of saying we we, you know, want to drag a whole bunch of different fan bases in so they can come to the museum. I, I know what's going on here. They just don't want to come out and change it to the American Music Hall of Fame. Right. Right, because they've got all this identity and branding and everything else tied up with being the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The recipients of the Musical Influence Award this year will be, are you ready? Two of your favorites, Rhino. 
What we got? We were talking just the other day, and you were talking about how much you love DJ Cool Herc and Link Ray. He has all of their albums. They made it. Yeah, yeah. This is it's party time, man. Um, the Musical Excellence Award, Bernie Taupin. Okay, okay, doing okay so far. Al Cooper and Chaka Khan. Chaka, Chaka, Chaka Khan. Let me, and I hope I'm not asking this too soon, rock you, Chaka Khan. <laughs> the Ahmet Erdogan Award recipient is Don Cornelius. Okay, just music in general. Yeah, Don Cornelius, we'll, we'll, I'm fine with that. It's for a, That award is for a non-performing industry professional who's had a major influence on the creative development and growth of rock and roll music that has impacted youth culture. Still kind of stretching the whole definition of rock and roll to me, but Don Cornelius, extremely influential in the sound and the music and everything. So, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll spot you this one. That's fine. We are working so hard to do things and call them something else. Missy Elliott is not rock and roll. Willie Nelson is not rock and roll. To paraphrase Johnny in West Point, Willie has done a lot of rolling, though. Oh, oh, he's done play the role. That might be what got him in. Very limited in the rock department. All-time gold medal all-star winner on the rolling. So, yeah. You have a very good point. And Philip, yeah, says Willie wrote a lot of songs that were recorded by rock artists. That's great, and you're right, but he's being inducted as a performer, not as a songwriter. It is literally the performer category that he is in. I don't remember the rock shows. I, I, I'm pretty sure Waylon didn't participate with him in the in the big rock shows. I, I don't know. To me, it's just stretching it. And if we keep stretching things all out of shape, we lose the right to complain about why things are in such bad shape. Well, we stretched it there, just in general. Coming up after the news from Super Talk Mississippi News, Fox News on the way as well. And then we're joined by Mark Henderson with the Lazy Magnolia Brewing Company. Something really cool going on. We're going to tell you what he's up to with us next here on Super Talk Mississippi Live in the Element Wealth. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Hour number three on Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here. 
And we're joined now uh, live by uh, Mark Henderson, the founder of Lazy Magnolia Brewing Company, and he has a new job title as well. Uh, he is now an opinion contributor with Super Talk Mississippi News. Mark, how you doing, man? I'm great, Dave. How are you? Uh, doing fantastic. Now, and let's just get right into it because I absolutely love what you're doing with with your series of columns. His first one is up on the uh, Super Talk News site, and it's kind of an introductory. It's it's the old standard of how you give a speech. You tell them what you're going to tell them, then you tell them, then you tell them what you just told them. Uh, so this is the tell them what you're going to tell them part, right? That's right. That's right. Get, get out ahead of it. Uh, it, it. It was a great opportunity. Really appreciate you guys giving me a forum to to have some of these conversations about entrepreneurship and, and where we can take the state of Mississippi. Well, and you you already make some good points if you just read through it, because I read it and it really resonated, because I can tell we have a very similar attitude about a lot of things. So many people, their, their main stumbling block is themselves. They get up inside their head and convince themselves that that'll never work, so they never try, and that's why they don't get where they need to be. That's right. I mean, and, you know, at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is not that hard. Um, every day, all of us have a thousand little ideas about things that we see in the in the marketplace, things that, that are not working and ways that we can fit into that. And what happens is people start thinking about it. And they think of all the millions of ways that can go wrong and why that job or, or why that task cannot possibly work. And I mean, legitimately, I mean, there's there's some real value in being able to you know play both sides of the coin there. But so many people never flip it over and just charge it, right? T take the bull by the horns, as they say, and, and make it happen. Well, and I think you're the perfect person to write this stuff because uh, I, I think uh, you're speaking from the area of you've done it. You know exactly what you're talking about here because you've lived it uh, with the brewing company, with everything else in your life. Uh, you, you've, you've tried it and succeeded. Uh, you know, we, I've also failed a lot. <laughs> that's part of it, though. <laughs> and that's that's a hundred percent, right? And and that's I think that drives people a lot as well, right? Is that uh, the the fear of failure gets in their way of success, and you know there there's just so many opportunities uh, to let the naysayers get in your head, and uh, you know one of those core skills of entrepreneurship is actually uh, once you've made the kind of the decision to go down that path is tell people. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, right, that you're doing this, even before you've done it, even before you've figured all the bits and pieces out, because that creates some social debt. And then they'll hold you accountable to, hey, man, how's that project coming along? Where are you at on that? Well, and to me, and Craig, tell me your opinion on this. A lot of people don't want to tell anybody that they're trying something because in their head they've already failed. And they don't want to set themselves <laughs> up to embarrass themselves, right? You know, accountability is hard. And, you know, those of us that are, you know, become entrepreneurs, you know, there's this fundamental concept, right, where people go, hey, look, man, I want to be my own boss. I want to be the guy, right? And, you know, that way I don't have someone telling me what to do. And one of the core tenets is entrepreneurship is that you don't have one boss, right? When you become an entrepreneur, you have all the bosses. Everybody, all of your customers get to tell you how to do things and how you're messing it up, how you're not doing it right, how you're not engaged enough. And, you know, it's a it's a fundamental mind shift to go, hey, look, I mean, you you, you become fundamentally accountable to the end consumer. And uh, it's a hard bridge uh, for sure. But it's one that you actually have to make. And invariably, we all make it along the way. 
it's just do you brace it young enough and soon enough in your career to actually really dive down into it and make something of it? Well, a lot of it, and you spoke about having a lot of failures, and that is a very common story from entrepreneurs. You're going to fail a lot, but you got to remember, uh, if every 10 times you get up to the plate in baseball, you get a hit four of them, well, well you're in the Hall of Fame at that point. You're one of the <laughs> best right. to ever play, which means six out of every 10 times, you blew it. But you have to get past yeah. those. This, I mean, and, and that's exactly it, right, is that... Um, yeah, I, I, you know, one of the things that I think about is the, you know, at, at some level, there's a question about whether or not this life is a, is a, a simulation, right? And if it is a simulation, then, you know, we're incentivized, make the best of it that you can. And, you know, if it's, it's much more significant than that, then you should still make the best of it that you can in everything that you do in every way that you work. And so, I mean, you know, the, the failures are part of what lets you grow. They're part of what teach you, you know, how things are going to happen. Uh, you've got the plans. Uh, and I like to tell people that hope is not a plan. But uh, at the same time, you know, you've got to be hopeful that things are going to work out the way you thought they were going to work out. And, and they never do. And you've got to learn how to pivot. And we're going to talk about that as uh, we kind of introduce some of the concepts in the column. Well, and uh, you you have a great uh, way of referring back to Yogi Berra because you explain all 150% of what makes up a good entrepreneur at the top. Go read it. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's great. But uh, what you just said brings to mind another quote uh, from Mike Tyson who said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And that's what happens. That's exactly it. That's, so you know, our, my personal experience with that is, is that Leslie and I started the very first brewery in the state of Mississippi. And, you know, that was, there was a whole lot of people that said, no, you can't do that. That's illegal. It will never work here. You know, all the things that go into that. And uh, we did it anyway. And we, we had a go of it. And then nine months into the business plan, uh, we lost everything. We were located here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, Katrina comes through the eastern eye wall of Hurricane Katrina ran over Lazy Magnolia Brewing Company, quite literally. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, it wiped us out. And uh, the Marines occupied the brewery for three months uh, between the National Guard and the Marines, uh, you know, uh, and 80 some odd percent of our business was on the Mississippi Gulf Coast Beach at that moment in time. And we had to look at it and go, what are we going to do? We were bankrupt. And we picked ourselves up, pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps, right? And we, we, we swung again. And then in 2008, the Great Recession kicked off with the stock market crash. And right, I mean, it's been, you know, you're going to have the knocks and you just can't, you can't put too much power in those. You got to simply pick yourself up and do it again. Well, one thing, and I'm, I'm kind of veering off course, but staying on topic at the same time here. I, I want to get your opinion on something because obviously your wife is very supportive. She's in this with you. You guys are paddling the same boat trying to keep it from sinking. Uh, close, partners. close family members are, are another story, but the people you know, your friends, your acquaintances, the people in Sunday school at church, the people that, that you see in the neighborhood, a lot of times they're going to be much more critical and have less belief in your ability to succeed than a total stranger, won't they? Um, my mother, uh, who was an entrepreneur in her own right, when I told her what we were going to do, said, I don't know if you should do that. And I mean, she had run uh, several successful businesses herself. And you know, it was, it was pretty wild to have my own mother who had raised me to be the way that I am, you know, go, ah, man, I'm not so sure about that. 
And so, yes, um, and not only that, you'll hear a lot uh, of people say, well, I don't see why you don't do it this way. As an entrepreneur, we don't get credit for juggling one ball. Um, and you know, when everybody looks in from the outside, they see this one thing that's very important to them that you're not doing perfectly. As an entrepreneur, you only get credit if you juggle all the balls. And uh, that's, a, that's a huge thing because everybody gets to come in and say, hey, look, I don't like the way you're juggling, juggling that red ball. And you go, well, it's not hit the floor yet. So, you know, you can judge me, but I'm doing the best I can. Well, and I think there's a psychological component to it as well. Not with your mother, because that was a that was a different thing. Moms are their own separate category over here. We just keep them over here. That's right. Uh, but uh, with people that know you, that are going to be critical and tell you, you know, what you're doing wrong, this is never going to work. I think psychologically, part of that comes from the fact that they know you, and if you can do this and succeed, what's their excuse? They have to admit to themselves that they haven't followed up on their dreams and their ideas and their plans, and we're not equipped to do that as human beings, so they have to try to tear you down. Now, somebody that's never seen you before, oh, this is cool, this is great. So I think there's some psychology that goes into that, too. It, it is, it is, and, it, and there's a little bit of envy. And, right, you know, there's there's the, the, the distinctive difference between jealousy and envy. And um, there, there is some of that. And and you see it, uh, you think that your biggest critics are going to be your competitors. Um, and invariably, it is always the enemy within that is the the, the, the more painful enemy. Yeah, what's so, interesting. I mean, you absolutely see that. But you're also, you'll be amazed at the number of people that show up in your critical and moment of need, right? and randomly give you the, the little bit of encouragement that you need at exactly the right time to, to keep your head in the game, right? And to keep your you know, shoulder to the, to the middle, so to speak. Uh, we're up against the break. Can you hang on through the break? Talk a little bit more? Absolutely. Fantastic. We've got Mark Henderson with us, the founder of Lazy Magnolia Brewing Company, and now his mom's favorite son. We'll continue. I just had to get the reaction out of that. We'll continue talking to Mark, uh, who is also now an opinion contributor with Super Talk Mississippi News here on Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios, next. That's all right. Talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Super Talk Mississippi, live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here, and I'm joined by Mark Henderson, the founder of the Lazy Magnolia Brewing Company. And I, I love that you're contributing these, these columns to Super Talk Mississippi News, because I don't think people realize, it, it's a, I made a baseball reference earlier, uh, being an entrepreneur is a lot like baseball. It's 90% mental. It, it's in your head uh, more than anything else, isn't it? It, it, it always is. And, you know, it, it shows up in just a variety of ways. Um, we all doubt ourselves. And one of the interesting things that I've come across over the years is that people who are competent always underestimate their abilities. And it is the people who are incompetent that always overestimate their abilities. And that's because those of us who are competent see all of the complexity. They can, we can look at a problem and say, 
man, you got to do this, you got to do this, this. I mean, we can name them all off. And, uh, you know, uh, if you knew how difficult it was going to be to be an entrepreneur before you became one, you obviously would never do it. And so it, it takes a little bit of uh, lying to yourself, if you will, right? You know, this, this kind of mental blindness to some of the bits and pieces. Um, and you got to be willing to accept that you don't know everything, and that, but you're going to take the time to learn it as you go. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's part of it that you do understand. Uh, but, man, you can absolutely get in your own head. And you can waste a lot of time and wind up not ever doing anything by making sure you're ready before you do. Uh, you can spend your entire life getting ready to get ready and never actually do anything. And the, the doing is where it happens, right? You, you, you kind of love Southern colloquialisms, right? You know, the ability to say that I'm, I'm fixing to get ready. It's like I'm not even getting ready yet. I'm just starting to think about the idea of getting ready to actually do something. And I mean, it, it, this, it's just so deep in our culture as well that uh, you, you, we, I think Mississippians of all, right, have a deep appreciation for you know the, the complexities it takes to actually get, get started with these kinds of things. So, yeah. I, I think you're exactly right. And that's why I love that you're doing this because you have some unique, valuable insights the trick is to get people to actually internalize them and and listen to it. And I get the feeling that, that you're going to do a pretty good job of that with these opinion pieces you're doing for Super Talk Mississippi News. Uh, you started out, again, by quoting Yogi Berra. So we're off to a good start right there. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you like that. Now, now that you got them hooked. I, I also quoted Steve Jobs. Yes. Uh, you know, there's... Um, so, you know, people know me from Lazy Magnolia, know Leslie and I from that, um, but we've run several other startups as well, um, and uh, both in the technology space and in the manufacturing space, and a variety of other ways. I mean, Leslie and I both serve on boards across the state of Mississippi, serving a variety of functions. Uh, I've been on the Innovate Mississippi board. I'm actually was appointed by the governor to the Mississippi Information Technology Services Board. So we, we've been deeply engaged in Mississippi, and you know we've got 25 years now of really deep experience, and, and we're getting old. I mean, I've got gray hair now in my beard, and it's uh, it's wild to think that. Mark, don't start with me, Mark. Don't start with me, Mark. Are you seeing that? You're going to complain about the gray in your beard. Look at this. I, I, I don't think I could take it. Uh, I mean, Dave, you, you have a amount of wisdom that uh, most of us would, you know, ho hopefully attain someday. Is that what but, we're calling yeah, it now is wisdom? I, I've heard a lot of other terms for it, but not wisdom. So thank you. <laughs> but, you know, the, the idea here is that we get a chance to share that. Um, and, you know, the one of the critical things I've learned along the way is that one of the most painful aspects of entrepreneurship is, and this is true of any leadership position, and I think a lot of your listeners will will know this, um, it's the loneliness. When when you're the guy who's having to make the decisions, and you know you cannot share that burden with anybody, right? I mean, you're making really really tough decisions, and you feel, I mean, I mean, you feel loneliness at a level that most almost no one else can understand. And unless they've been there and they've done that, they just cannot really appreciate the depth of that loneliness. And, um, you know, as I've traveled the state and talked to people on the way, I mean, it's a common thing. We all share it, you know, and and so but we never talk about it. We never embrace it and we never share the burden even amongst ourselves. 
And so, you know, part of this is, you know, part of that as well, right? Letting other people know that there are other people in the same boat and have, you know, suffered through the same trials and tribulations. And that somehow, right, there is a path to the other side, even when you think it cannot happen. Well, and it is a, a, an entirely different world the first time something happens, and you go, well, let me ask, and then you realize, no, wait, I'm the one that gets asked. There is nobody for me to turn and go, what do you think? No, no, I'm it. The buck is fully stopped right here. And you're right, that can bring about a bit of loneliness. But that's uh, that ties back into what we were talking about in the last segment when I said that you know people you don't even know uh, are going to be more supportive than the people that do know you. I would suspect, and tell me if I'm wrong, uh, a lot of times, surprisingly, your competitors will be more supportive than anybody would think, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, in fact, that's, that's one of the crazy things, right, is they actually appreciate how difficult the task is. Um, I, there was a, I, w- I was out at dinner one night uh, at one of the chamber events or something of the nature, right? And this successful businessman came up, came up to me, tapped me, I mean, clapped me on the shoulder, right? Shook my hand. And he says, hey, Mark, you survived Thursday? And I was like, Thursday? And I had to think about it for a second. And if Thursday, for those of you that are not in the entrepreneurship business, Thursday is a big day because that's the day we all make payroll. And you sit down and you make sure that you make, that, that everybody who works for you gets paid, even if you don't. And I, when he said that to me, right? And I got a chance to truly internalize what he was saying. Here it is. I'm talking to a successful businessman. You know, he wears a suit and he's tall and he's good looking. And, you know, he's obviously, you know, has the trappings of of success all around him. And he still feels my pain of how do you make payroll on Thursday? And you go, wow, man, that's that's powerful. Well, and that that is a very, very valid form of emotional backup. Just a little comment like that. Because all of a sudden, That's right. that takes some of that loneliness out of it a little bit, I would think. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, along the way, uh, you know, people, uh, I had a young man come to me one day and say, look, man, um, you know, how, how did you get your business financed? You know, how did you actually do this? And I'm going to, as part of the column, I'm going to tell the story of how that actually happened and, and what it took to make that happen. But he said, hey, look, man, I've been to like three different banks and they all told me no. How did you do it? And I said, man, three banks, is that all? Because I went to all the banks <laughs> and, and they all told me no. And he says, what do you mean all of them? And I meant, I said, legitimately, I went to every bank in the six coastal counties of Mississippi and they all told me no. We could not loan you any money for such a crazy project to do something like a brewery in the state of Mississippi. Well, and especially in that case, because you were blazing new territory, literally. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, at that moment in time, uh, you know, this is 2003, the dark ages of beer, you know, certainly in the southeast. And, you know, especially in Mississippi, and everybody knew that it was illegal. And, you know, in, in, that, in that knowing, I mean, you, you talk to an attorney, he says, no, that's illegal. And you talk to a judge, he says, no, that's illegal. And you talk to, you know, the, the Department of uh, uh, the ABC, right? Alcohol Beverage Control Board in the state of Mississippi. And they go, I'm in. Six months in jail, $25,000 fine for your first offense if you want to brew beer in the state of Mississippi. And I was like, whoa, I can't go back to jail. And, uh, you know, we had a very interesting conversation. But at the end of the day, right, the head of the ABC could not show me where it said it in the code that you could not do it. Sent me to the Department of Revenue. 
so who actually regulates beer in the state of Mississippi. And I talked to Ronnie Lynch, who has since retired. And um, uh, I said, Ronnie, I want to brew beer in the state of Mississippi. I've been told no a thousand times. And Ronnie says, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I was like, well, well, wait a minute. He goes, yeah, man, uh, we can make this happen. All you got to do is fill out this paperwork, pay this much money, check to make sure you're not in the mob. We're going to do a couple of things like this. And and it, it taught me a very important mes- lesson. It's just a life lesson. But if you do sales in any way, shape, or form, you learn it fairly quickly. Um, every no puts you one step closer to the yes that you're looking for. And that is a critical, critical thing about entrepreneurship. All you're looking at is for a yes. And it doesn't matter how many people you have to ask to get it. It's kind of like if you're an electrical engineer trying to get married. Um, all you need is one woman in a moment of weakness to say yes which is uh, how Leslie and I actually ended up together. All you got to do is <laughs> fool them for just a little bit, just just a tiny bit. Just and a minute. Then, just then, a minute is all you need. Then we're off to the races, and she's already made the loan. It's too late. It's over. That's right. Committed That's right. at she, that point. She promised. Mark, I've enjoyed this. Man, we could, we could do a three-hour show on this. I just have that feeling. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of your uh, columns, your opinion pieces with Super Talk Mississippi News. I can tell already from the first one, this is going to be a good one. You're going to want to print them out and put them in a binder and keep them around your house to refer back to. Uh, seriously, it's going to be that good. Mark, enjoy it. Keep up the fantastic work, man. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me, Dave. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Mark Henderson, uh, the Lazy Magnolia Brewing Company, successful entrepreneur in in the face of opposition. We'll put it like that. And still came out on top. There's a lot of lessons to be learned here. We continue on Middays right after this. Keep it here. Okay, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, mama, I can hear you It has morphed into a sixth day here on Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here, Rhino, over in the booth. Maybe we're starting to get some clarity about where the whole drone thing came from at the Kremlin, because now uh, Russia is threatening to retaliate against Ukraine for what they say is an attempted attack on Putin's life uh, with a nuclear strike. Overreaction much? Or was it an excuse? Kind of makes you start leaning in that direction, doesn't it? If that's your immediate response, that's called looking for a reason, is what that is. It's kind of what it starts to sound like. Got something interesting that is coming out of Ohio today. Supreme Court ruling in Ohio today from the state Supreme Court there. A few years ago, September 2020 to be exact, a guy named Timothy Huff was at his house doing yard work. He's out there, you know, edging. Mowing the grass, trimming. Well, a guy named Donald Bertram pulled up, side of the road, right there in front of the guy, hopped out of his car, walked into Timothy Huff's open garage, picked up a $500 leaf blower, took it back, put it in his car, and drove off. Now, during this whole time, Huff 
just saying, put that back. That's not yours. You can't have that. No, stop that. Guy just ignored him. Huff gets his phone out. He takes pictures of the guy, of the leaf blower, of the leaf blower in the guy's car, of his tag number, whole nine yards. Well, they went and arrested this guy for stealing the leaf blower. Got appealed all the way to the Ohio Supreme Court, and just a little while ago, they ruled they overturned his conviction because they said because he did it in broad daylight in front of the guy, there was no force, stealth, or deception involved, so it did not count as burglary. He didn't sneak around to do it, so he didn't actually steal it. That That's the... Uh, that's after appeal. That's the Ohio Supreme Court just ruled that this guy pulled up uh, number one. Boy, does that take a backbone. But just pulled up, hopped out of his car, walked into the guy's garage in front of him, picked up a $500 leaf blower, put it in his car and drove off with it while the guy's saying, put that back. That's not yours. You can't have that. Stop. And the Ohio Supreme Court just ruled, well, he didn't steal it. You watched him do it. The only commentary that came to my mind when I saw this was, wow. I don't think they'll have a hard time finding any lawyer that would want to take that to the United States Supreme Court. Yeah, I think that's going to go straight to the U.S. Supreme Court. Because it looks good on a lawyer's resume when they win a case at the U.S. Supreme Court. And that feels like a slam dunk. You would think so. What's interesting is, in the unanimous opinion, by the way, by the Ohio Supreme Court, this didn't just squeak by. They all agreed. It said, quote, Bertram did not deceive, mislead, lie to, or trick Huff into granting him entry into the garage. He did not commit burglary under Ohio law because he did not gain access to Huff's garage by force, stealth, or deception. And overturned his conviction. Does he still have the leaf blower is a question that comes to my mind. Did he just get to keep that too? This is an entire can of worms that this decision opens because he was arrested, he was charged, he was convicted, they overturned it. Uh, So now does he have a lawsuit? If you've got a Supreme Court opinion saying you didn't do anything wrong, can you go after all the people that accused you and interfered with your life by saying you did something wrong when you didn't? I mean, it's a can of worms that opens. I mean, from from a practical perspective, no, you can't do that. But, (laughs) nor did I think you could walk into somebody's garage in front of them and steal a $500 piece of equipment and be told, well, you saw him do it, it's okay, by the Supreme Court. So we're in uncharted territory in a big way here. I mean, is, is it just me? And yeah, Wiley, I'm sure you're probably right. It's a definition issue. It's uh, because it does get into murky ground. Uh, if you charge someone with breaking an entry versus forced entry versus illegal entry, those are three different things. If they charged him with the wrong one and couldn't prove that particular one, yeah, this kind of thing comes up. But still. It's just amazing. Yes, should have been a larceny charge. Exactly. Should have been a theft charge. I I think it would be a slam dunk then. But if they charged him with burglary, he didn't break in. It's like if you have the door to your house standing wide open. And again, not a legal expert. Don't take this and tell the judge Dave told you so. But 
you're at home, you've got your door standing wide open, and somebody comes in, well, that's illegal entry. It's not forced entry. It's not breaking and entering. They didn't break into anything. It's illegal entry. They charge you with forced entry when you walk through an open door. Well, then you're probably not going to get convicted for it. A lawyer is going to have a field day. That's why lawyers drive really nice cars, because they can see these kind of distinctions. So, yes, I think that's that's a big part of it. Darren and Jackson, what if the homeowner had introduced him to Mr. Sam Colt when he exited the garage? Well, that's a whole different conversation then. That's actually not allowed by Ohio state law. Yeah. You cannot use deadly force to protect property, only your person or people under your care. Yes, that's exactly right. They technically have stand your ground, but it's not castle doctrine where it your home is your castle. You can protect anything in it. It's only stay on your ground. You can protect yourself and your loved ones. Well, and there are some states, New York is one of them, I believe, where it is the homeowner's responsibility to flee away from anyone that breaks in or tries to take your stuff. Not only are you not allowed to stand your ground, you need to get out of their way and don't hinder them while they're robbing you blind. So it varies from state to state. So, yeah. It, that that at that point, the gentleman who lived there would have been in a world of trouble if he had done that in Ohio. So it's a weird situation, but at the same time, come on, why are we even having this conversation? Either somebody messed up and uh, gave an improper charge, in which case, how how did it make it all the way to the Supreme Court if the charge was improper to begin with? So at least get that part right. But then, with all of this, this situation, which is stipulated by both sides, everybody agrees this is what happened. He's got pictures. He can prove it. The guy stole his leaf blower. I can see that sitting here. It's frustrating when something like this It really all comes down to... The interpretation of the charge or the law behind the charge and the test they are using to apply it. Yes. Like if you apply the the burglary test of did they enter a, a, a space illegally with the attempt to commit a crime and the, the space is occupied, then it could be argued that's burglary. But in the same hand, or on the other hand, you apply the test like they did, and you wind up with the opposite result. Breaking news, in case you haven't seen this, uh, one dead and three injured, an active shooter loose in downtown uh, Atlanta. And still on the loose, as of the last update that I have seen here, they're still trying to find this guy. West Peachtree Street, so that's right in Midtown. That's, that's right dead center over there. Uh, no shots have been fired since the initial... Rounds were fired, but they're still looking for who this was and to see if there are any other victims. They've got some security camera footage of the shooter that they have released. Uh, wearing Apparently a, it happened at a hospital. Yeah, hospital. It's the worst part. Uh, and downtown Atlanta, they've got everything blocked off, and it is law enforcement and first responders as far as you can see. But so far, one dead, three taken to the hospital. Uh, I assume a different hospital, 
than the one where it happened. They would have to take them somewhere else, you would think. But I don't know. I haven't seen that fact. But just wanted to give you that uh, update because it is breaking news. That's what everybody's talking about right this second, and with good reason. But here we go again. Also a bit of sad news to pass on. It was announced earlier today that Olympic gold medalist Tori Bowie has died at the age of 32. 32. From Sand Hill, Mississippi. That stinks. Won the gold medal, I believe, in 2016 at the Rio Olympics? That sounds right, yeah. In the relay? I think it was 2016, yeah. That's too young. Too young. I don't know any details. I had seen the notification, but I haven't seen any explanation of exactly what happened. No, it was just an announcement by her uh, management team and then, I believe, family. But sad situation. Hate to hear that. A great gold medal winning Mississippian. No longer with us. That's a shame. We've got the final segment of Middays for this Wednesday. Live in the Element Wealth Studios. We'll try to clean up all the rest of the breaking news. I'm sure six stories will break during the the, the break here before the next segment. It's the way this day seems to be going. We'll catch everything up. Wrap it up with a bow right after this. Awesome. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on, let's get on with the show. On Super Talk Mississippi. the break they found another victim it's now four injured and still only one dead hopefully that number stays that way but we're up to five people that this person shot still on the loose still floating around over there in downtown atlanta wanted to touch back they they literally don't know what happened to tori bowie uh just that she was found dead at her home in florida yeah they uh, police went to do a welfare check because nobody had seen or heard from her in several days and found her said there were no signs of foul play but in case you have forgotten just what a superstar she became in her career she was a huge star at usm down in hattiesburg in track and field uh she was a two-time NCAA long jump champion, both indoor and outdoor, while she was at USM. She won three medals at the Rio Olympics, a gold, a silver, and a bronze that year. And then the next year at the 2017 IAAF World Championships in London, she became the world's fastest woman. She uh, ran the 100-meter dash in 10.85 seconds. I can barely say 100-meter dash in under 11 seconds. 10.85 seconds at that point, the fastest time for a woman ever recorded. So, yeah, she was a, a superstar and a half, and that was, a, that was a Mississippi girl. So I just wanted to make sure we give her all the due that she was due in this case. 
32 years old. I'm sure we'll get details, you know, further on about what may or may not have happened here. Uh, sad situation, sad story, and awfully young at 32 years old. Uh, but yeah, Tori Bowie, no longer with us, was living in Florida, obviously. Uh, but we'll see. I'm looking up at the TV, and there's a lot of people running around in downtown Atlanta. I don't see much happening within sight of where they're at, but people are still just running around. And I'm talking law enforcement and everything else, uh, just running willy-nilly, trying to find this guy is what they're doing before something else happens. So it's a little chaotic in downtown Atlanta today. Well, It almost looks like they pulled officers from a parade or something. It really does. Because you've got like 40 motorcycle officers with all their motorcycles lined up like it's parade formation. Well, and I, I wonder if it's just not one of those cases where everybody on duty, report here. Everybody yeah. off duty, if you can get to your vehicle, you get here. Everybody come in. I don't care what you're doing. You'll see somebody in his yard work outfit before it's over with, probably, because this is an all-hands-on-deck situation for them. It, it's chaotic in downtown Atlanta, but you can say that a lot of days. Just fair is fair here, uh, but it's not usually chaotic in this particular fashion, so... We Which will, is another uh, example. This is a, an example of there's there's a good side and a bad side to social media. Right now, the Atlanta P- PD are getting reports on sightings with videos of the suspect and his location sent directly to them to help in the investigation and the manhunt. In close like I'm, I'm to looking real at time. a video right now of what is purported to be the suspect on a rooftop near the hospital. Yeah, in in. Practically real time. Here's where he was 30 seconds ago. By the time you get this, here he is. So it does help in those situations. Uh, The uh, photos that Atlanta police have released uh, show the guy pointing a handgun, carrying a bag. It's a small bag. It's like a smaller backpack-style bag. uh, And... Uh, gray or black hoodie, because that is the official uniform of an active shooter. I don't know why. They always have a hoodie on as he's going around doing this. And these are the pictures that were released by Atlanta police. So we'll see. Uh, They are describing it as hundreds of heavily armed officers. I'm looking at the live stuff. Yeah, that's not an, an overestimation, I don't think. It's all hands on deck, and I don't blame them. That's that's what you have to do. And this story will continue to unfold as the day progresses. We will not be here to talk about it because we have run out of time. That keeps happening. It seems like barely three hours after you and I sit down and start talking that we have to go. Like sands through an hourglass. Wait, oh, don't, oh. don't get a sued. McDonald Carey, don't start with me. <laughs> <laughs> don't start with me. Soap operas are... Uh, basically going to make it to the end of the week. They film two or three days ahead, and then the writer's strike is going to put the kibosh on that. Didn't even viewership was already down since they're not on daytime television anymore. They're on streaming. We didn't even get into all of that. Maybe tomorrow we'll have a chance. I think there's a lot of forms of television that aren't coming back after this strike if it goes for any length of time. Soap opera is one of them. Late night talk shows, possibly another. 
We'll get into that tomorrow. You have a wonderful day. You stay safe. Take care of you and yours. 10.06 tomorrow morning, we'll do this again. My friend, see you then. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.